Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. I love Genesis 35, 4 because it says, And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. This is a great verse because... As we talked the last time, Jacob's asking them to do something big, especially ones that were not from his home for a long time. These are slaves that were just taken in in terrible plunder, yet they all did it. They all obeyed. And so we know Rachel gave up those idols, those slaves gave up the idols. When it talks about earrings, many people believe that these earrings were symbols of false gods, maybe uh, if they worship the sun god, there would be an earring that was supposed to look like the sun. So they gave all that up, and they gave it to Jacob willingly. Now, when it talks about Jacob hiding them under the oak, I, as a kid, thought, okay, he's hiding him, and he's going to come back. You know, as a kid, you think, hide and seek. Okay, let's go hide this, and then I'm going to remember where it's at and go back. No, the idea of hiding under the oak, this tree here, is that he buried it. He didn't want to be able to come back and he didn't want anybody else to get him. Why? What, what, what was he burying? He was burying false gods. Now this stuff was worth a lot of money. Remember how he talked to, to, about how these images were made out of gold and silver. And of course the earrings were too. He didn't care about that. He wanted to do what's right. And so he buried them. And that's what we've got to do with our bad things in our life. Sometimes uh, I've heard people that have been convicted about drinking or something like that, drinking alcohol. And they say, somebody says, why would you dump it out? That's worth a lot of money. You could at least sell it to somebody. And they say, no way. This is wrong. I don't want anybody else having it either. You know, there was times when uh, people would bring in their rock music into church and They'd have a big bonfire, like in the fall, and they'd just throw their records on there. This is it. This is old. Yes, it's old. By the way, I still have a record player. I like records, but not with rock and music. But that's what they would do. They would bring that in. Why? Because they didn't want it to be used in any way ever again. That's what Jacob is doing here. So when God deals with your heart about something, don't just put it away somewhere, if that makes sense. Like, If you have allowed yourself to maybe look at a horoscope or something like that, and you say, I'm not going to do that anymore, so you just put it up in a closet. No, no, no. Get rid of it completely. Make it impossible for you to get at it again. I know some uh, people were saved out of witchcraft, and they played with Ouija boards and things like that. That has to be all the way gone. Now, if there's something that's not sinful from your past, That's sometimes where you just learn to say, okay, was this sinful or was this not sinful as you grow in the Lord? I'll give you an illustration. Uh, There's a friend, a couple 
uh, that they're friends of ours who they got saved later in life, and the husband was a professional magician. Now, in the magic field, there is some stuff that must be avoided. There's things that are occultish and it's bad, but there's also a whole lot that's just tricks. It's just, it has nothing to do with the occult. It's just a a fun trick. Once he got saved, this man got saved, he and his wife decided, okay, this is the past. I got saved from that. So he got rid of all of his stuff. Okay, I'm saved. I'm, I'm newly saved. I can't do any of that. Well, it wasn't but a couple years later at their church, an older man came who had a talent for knife throwing. So he would have his wife stand against this board and this man threw these knives and it would land all around his wife and his wife was never, ever hurt. He was an expert at this and so many people would come out to see what this man would do because it was so amazing. So they would have all these people come out. They would invite them out and the man would do his trick. And then as there's a crowd gathered, he shared the gospel with them. Well, this man who had been recently saved and had new magic before was sitting in the crowd and thought, wait a second, I have a talent too. So he went up and he talked to the man afterwards and he said, I always thought it was bad because that was in my past. And the man explained to him, if you're not doing something wicked, like that is associated with the devil, but you know, or anything like that, no, that's not a problem. So if you're, you've got, you know, three balls and you make one of them disappear and, you know, as a, as a trick, he said, use it for the Lord. I always think of, uh, things that drew a crowd in Jesus's day. There was different reasons for a crowd being there. Remember all those people that follow God because he gave them bread? Now, were they saved? No. But he just preached at them instead. You know, he said, I know why you're following me. You're following me because I gave you bread. And so he used the opportunity to preach to them. So this man looked at it that way and said, wait, okay, so this is not something simple. I can use it for the Lord. And God is greatly using him now. And they're seeing souls saved, not through the show, but because after the show, he preaches really hard and he shares his testimony and God is able to use it. So when when I say get rid of stuff from your past, it's things that are wrong, that are evil, and there's plenty of that. So you have to ask for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide certain things like, you know, uh, necromancy, I think they say in the Bible, that's wicked. But a, a little trick is not wicked, if you know what I'm saying. So I wanted to point that out as as a good illustration here that Jacob says, we're burying it. It's in the past. We're not doing it again. There's a lot of things like that that just have to be buried. You're not going to be able to use them again. Let's say you did something. uh, You were great at gymnastics in the past, and you wore a little teeny uh, swimsuit out in front of people. You're not going to be able to really use that for the Lord because... As a, as a Christian, we're going to come to the New Testament. Every time someone got saved, they, they, they got dressed. Clothes got put on because that was what God did right away. When, when Adam and Eve accepted the uh, sacrifice for them, they put on the clothes that God gave them. So, so that can't be used. But could 
a person that knew gymnastics, gymnastics, could they help in a Christian school in a room with all girls and nobody else in there, you know, and they can teach them? Yes. It's whenever we're in front of men without, you know, all of our clothes on. That's, that's, that's the issue when I say that when I'm, I'm talking about uh, just being modest and stuff. I'm not saying you go in front of women with no clothes either, but I'm just saying if the, I remember when I was a kid, we had a t- uh, class that was tumbling and we had a room with no windows and there was a win- uh, door, a window in the door and we blocked it off and they taught us how to, you know, stand on our head and all that kind of stuff. And let me tell you, I was a klutz. I needed that, that class. That was a good class. So if somebody, if you're able to use that in the future for the Lord, then you do. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. Okay, let's keep going. In verse 5, it says, And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Did you notice I, I emphasized that last phrase? So everybody knows what the sons of Jacob did, and this is Simeon and Levi. They know and they aren't going to fall for the whole, uh, yeah, let's get circumcised so we can't do anything. No, they're fine. And they could have destroyed Jacob, but God protected him. God put some type of fear, some great fear on everybody around them that they were like, no, I, I'm not touching them. There was no way they, they would. And again, this is such a beautiful picture of getting back to God Focusing on renewal, getting back into the house of God, you can trust that God's going to be with you. Are you going to have uh, troubles along the way? Absolutely. But God's going to be with you. And God was with Jacob here. And this was only because of God. This wasn't because Simeon and Levi were such tough guys. No, they were not tough guys. This was God who did this and he protected Jacob. And this was a miracle that he did. And so then in verse six, it says, so Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan. That is Bethel. He and all the people that were with him. Remember Bethel's been called Bethel over and over, but they don't live there all the time, right? They've left. They've moved all around. Abraham was there for some time, but then Jacob is there, but he was only there for a night and he goes and he comes back. So it doesn't keep that name until later. It will start getting that name here soon. And so the area, the town was called Luz and that's a Canaanite town. And he followed through on what he promised he would do. And he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. This name of God is God of the house of God. Okay, so God of the house of God. That's another name of God. God is one that believes in the house of God. He established his tabernacle of old. He then blessed the temple. And then in the New Testament era, he established the church. And we say, well, the church is this people. Yes, it is. It is. And right here, there is no building right here. The house of God is an area. And that's the same idea. It's people. And God blesses groups of people that come together to worship him. And 
he is the God of the house of God. And this is just saying, why did he name it? Because he called that the house of God way back when he fled from his brother Esau. Verse 18 says, but Deborah's, Deborah, Rebecca's nurse died and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it was called Alon Bakoth. All right. So we have to back up now in the story as we're thinking of Deborah. Why is Deborah with Jacob? Deborah is his mother's nurse. Oh, what? What happened here? So the Bible doesn't tell us everything. So what I'm going to say right now is me surmising. This is what I believe. I believe that when Rebecca passed away, she, Deborah cared for her all the time. Remember, uh, we talked about this before. So Rebecca passes away. Deborah is very loved by the family. Somehow she joins up with Jacob. Of course, Jacob knows her. Remember, he's seven, he was 70 years old whenever he left way back the first time, a long, 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 long time ago. So he's 70 years old. For 70 years, he knows Deborah very well. And so Deborah is his mother's nurse. I would imagine Deborah cared for him very much. And so in my mind, I believe that when Rebecca died, Deborah came to live with Jacob. Remember, Jacob was his mother's favorite. I would imagine he was with his mom a lot. And when he was there, Deborah was with that. Deborah must have been very, very loved by the family because that name there at the end, that Alon Bakoth, I'm probably saying that wrong. It's Tabernacle of Weeping, like Temple of Weeping. The whole family wept and cried wept, I'm using bad English there, wept, not weeped, <laughs> wept for Deborah. She was very loved. I believe she was a motherly person who cared for the family and did special things for them. She was a very special person to the family. And, and that's just interesting because they called the place after her, Tabernacle of Weeping. So Deborah had a very big impact on this family. And it says in verse 9, And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padanaram and blessed him. We'll pick up with this blessing next time. But I want to just suggest to any lady here that's listening that's older, be a Deborah. Now, we have other Deborahs in the Bible. But one Deborah, she was a fighter. She, she went out to work. This Deborah just loved on people. And you can do that. Do whatever you can to be a Deborah and be a caring person to those underneath you. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would look for areas where we can be a blessing to others. And I pray that we would do it. We know it takes work. A lot of times we think about things it's in our minds and we consider it, but we really don't follow through, through with it. I pray that we would and we would be a Deborah today to somebody special. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord with Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you 
and may he greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following his word.